0: Welcome to the Record Rangers Podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and I'm joined today as ever by my partner in crime, Mr Scott McDermott. Welcome, Scott. Thank you, Johnny. Are you excited for another Record Rangers Podcast? Oh,
1: I've been looking forward to
0: it since the quarter to five (laughs) on Saturday. Well, we've got to go into the detail of Rangers 0-0 draw with Aberdeen at Ibrox at the weekend. It was highly disappointing, uh, not just for the fans, but I would imagine for Steven Gerrard and for his players too, as it meant that they are now... Uh, seven points behind Celtic. Obviously, they do have a game in hand. And obviously, after the game, it was only four. But Celtic won against Hamilton reasonably comfortably. in the end, 4-1 on this Sunday. Scott, we've got so much to go over on this game. Where do you start, I suppose, is the question for a presenter doing a podcast uh, like this? So, I'm just going to ask you for your general thoughts on the game. And then I'll try and pick apart the bits that I find uh, that we're going to drill into more detail on. Well... <laughs> You know what, Johnny? I mean, that so much has been said since Saturday,
1: uh, even in the press room right after the game. Speaking to the manager, speaking to other journalists, and it's all about players, uh,
0: systems. Um, uh, see, before we go into that, just my theory that I talked about last week with regards to the, the training in Dubai, the overtraining on the basis that we trying to load yeah. players in a certain way. Has that been discussed with Gerard, or are you, are you coming round to that theory anymore? Uh,
1: no, I mean, Gerard dismissed that after the game. He uh, was asked, I think most people heard it, I mean, he was asked uh, if he could put his finger on why it hasn't happened for them since Dubai. And he can't, he's at a loss to try and explain it, but he was absolutely adamant that it had nothing to do with fitness. I think he said it had nothing to do with fitness, Uh, talent Uh, I can't mind what Elsie said but I mean he is struggling to fathom out uh, why there's been such a dip in in performances Um, and that's what I was going to say, I mean just watching the game on uh, Saturday if you're a Rangers fan, my biggest worry for that game on Saturday would be, I think I've mentioned this to you before that wasn't a Rangers team that's uh, hunting down a a title, um, I'm sorry, but I'm talking about the basics of tempo, urgency, desire, hunger. You're watching that first 45 minutes on Saturday and can't believe that those players are actually trying to chase down the first title in a decade and try to stop Celtics 9 in a row. I mean, unless I'm missing something, a team... With that incentive and with that goal and being the the team that's chasing the the champions, you're expecting them to be hounding, chasing every ball, harassing, careering into tackles, winning second balls. That's just that would be a basic. Then the kind of football w- would would come after that, or the ability you would like to think would would come after that. I thought, you no, know, for the first time, uh, in in recent games. It was slow,
0: it was uh, laboured, it was lethargic. It's a regression back to last season and this struggle to break down teams who who play deep. Now, I I don't actually think that's fair on Aberdeen to start talking about the low blocking stuff because although they were very defensive at times, they hit very, very well on the break. They were a real threat going forward and another day, Rangers could quite easily have lost that game. Yeah,
1: but but that was the danger. When you watch the Ross County and the St Mirren games at home... Rangers played the exact same way, but they got they just got over the line, you no know, we a one 0 and a two 0 because with all due respect to St Myrna Ross County, you no, know, they're no that they're not that great. So you knew that if Rangers continued to play that way, the first time they came up against a better side, i. e. Aberdeen, they were going to struggle because not only could they no break Aberdeen down, at one end they were uh, giving away chances at the other end, and you're right. I mean, Aberdeen could have easily left there um, with a full three points, which are, which would have been a disaster for Rangers. Um, never mind getting a draw.
0: Let's talk about the defending. Niko Katic had a really, really poor first half. Now he's a fan's favourite, and with good reason because he's wholehearted. He gets stuck in, and he's a, he's a good defender, a good young player who's going to have a big future at the club. But there was two instances yesterday, well, sorry, on Saturday, um, where he did not cover himself in glory. The first one, he found himself trying to cover Borna Barisic, and he's out on the wing where any manager would say, you don't want your centre-half. Yep. He's going up a one-on-one against Niall McGinn, who's got quick feet yep. and Get pace. Skinned. He got skinned, delicious ball in by Niall McGinn, and, and I don't know how Cosgrove hasn't put that away. That should be 1-0 Aberdeen. The second one though, Scott, is the more troubling one yeah, because it does speak to this mentality thing you've been talking yep. about, about this sort of lackadaisical approach, not being aware of who's around you and in such a critical position on the pitch Yeah, and he's robbed of the ball by Cosgrove and it's only Alan McGregor's quick thinking allied to Sam Crosgrove's Sam terrible touch yeah, that, that means that the Rangers don't go Go down at that point. Yeah.
1: And listen, there were other instances with Katic as well that no would not even have made the highlights. it was sloppy all day. It was worrying. uh I'm a big fan he has I think he's he's done really well since he got back in the team. He's a he's a big threat for for set pieces, but that was a worrying performance for Katic and Gerard. I was saying Gerard's had doubts about him, but obviously Gerard has left him out, you no, know, at times last season and this season. You no, know, he sees him as a still a young, developing centre half. And I don't think that performance well, certainly wouldn't have helped Katic, uh, in terms of in his manager's mind. Because I think Gerard knows that he's got performances like that in him, sadly at this stage in his career. Um and I thought that was just symbolic of Rangers' whole performance. He kind can, of can typified it. Uh, and I know I mentioned to you the other night and it might seem a wee bit knee after one game, but I, I think clearly changes have to be made to this Rangers team now to try and get them up and running, to get that spark again, to quote Steven Gerrard. And I would, one of them, uh, albeit in defence, I would look at uh, Edmondson coming in for Katic, maybe. And the main reason for that would actually be to do with his distribution uh, I don't think Katic, we've spoken about it before I don't think he's great coming out for the back, I think he's a proper defender and he's aerially very good but I think Edmondson can actually pick a pass uh, with, with either foot um, and I think where Rangers are now as a team, I mean you talk about struggling to team, uh, break teams down on the edge of the box I mean the best chance of the game on Saturday came from one pass for Goldson. ...that split the Aberdeen defence... ...if you can come up with that quality... ...that can get you behind defences... ...that's where Rangers... ...they are struggling to break teams down... ...but ultimately it's about the quality... ...they're getting into good positions... ...but it's the final pass... ...the final ball... ...the final decision... Um, ...and I just think in general... Edmondson coming in for Katich, even if it's just to have a look at Edmondson and see what he brings, I think it might be a positive change for them.
0: Yeah, it also works as a punishment to say, listen, you, you yeah, might have a three point, yeah, you might have a three point five million pound player who's out injured at the moment. That doesn't mean you're just an automatic pick for yeah. this position. I've said it before, that's why Holanda, for me, is ahead of Katic, and I'm a big admirer of Katic too, but he strides forward out of defence and breaks the lines, and in modern football, that's so important, and for Rangers, it's even more important, it's absolutely crucial, because so often, those lines are packed, and so difficult to penetrate. Um, Scott, one thing I wanted to ask you about, because you were at the game, and I was sitting in the office, uh, I'm on the digital desk, so I'm covering the, the games as they come in. But the pitch looks really bad. What's going on with the Ibrox pitch? It's funny you should say that.
1: When I walked into the gantry at Ibrox on Saturday, the first thing I said uh, to, I think it was Gavin that was sitting sitting next Gavin to Gavin Berry. Yep. I said, uh, the pitch looks terrible. And it reminded me of how Celtic Park, Celtic Park looked under Brendan Rogers at this around this point in the season. And I remember we asked uh, Brendan Rogers about it after the game and he actually went into a kinda of rant about it. Uh he wasn't he happy? And that actually instigated Celtic getting the new uh, the new pitch, which I think cost about two hundred grand to get this uh, is it a Deso, p- Deso pitch. I think it's a bit more than that. Yeah. Um <coughs> and Celtic got it. Rogers got his way uh, with the board. It was a big thing for him. Now, I'm no, I'm not saying the, the Rangers pitches is in that state or needs replaced at the minute, but it's just a small thing.
0: Um, Listen, Rangers play this style where they're looking to make little triangles, yep. passing into the feet in tight areas. We've already talked about how they're trying to break through a packed defence. Yep. The one chance that Rangers created, as you say, was from a long ball. Yeah, Perhaps there is something there with the pitch. Now, it's, it sounds like an excuse, but it's not as good.
1: It's not as good as it should be, no, Johnny. And you're right, for the style of play that Rangers are wanting to play, they want it slick, uh, they want it flat and it looked a bit threadbare on Saturday, which is which is unusual. I think it'll be something that's on Gerard's
0: mind. Listen, um the other thing that I wanted to get off my chest was is regarding Ryan Kent. Now I think Ryan Kent is a terrific player, huge amount of potential. And he's the kind of player I think Rangers fans have to be, and and, and people in the media like ourselves, have to be patient with, because he's still young in terms of the amount of game time he's actually had in his career. And I think it'll be across the length of his contract we'll see improvements in him, as he gains more experience of top-level football. However, you cannot not compare a player in his position to someone at your biggest rivals, and Rangers' biggest rivals is Celtic. And James Forrest, I think, put in his 16th goal of the season at the weekend, 15th or 16th. Yeah. And I think he's got 18 assists. Now, if you add all of Rangers attacking players together, including the likes of Greg Stewart, they only just, by three or four goals, come ahead of Forrest's contribution. Yeah. And I keep thinking, you know, this is the this is the difference between Rangers and Celtic. It's not defence, it's not midfield, it's not striker. It's left and right of the striker behind, you know, yeah. those number 10 positions. I know they brought in Haji, but I just think these guys, they need to find a way to connect them more with the midfield and connect them better with the striker, whether it's Morelos or Defoe. Uh, I think Morelos covers a multitude of sins because he's able to take down balls that... Hopeless balls that other strikers wouldn't be able to deal with because he can run in behind and he can hold up. I say that every week. But because he can do that, it covers a lot. And that's why Rangers don't look like the same team. The thing with Kent, though, that really frustrates me, Scott, is, and some people might say this is his his strength, he keeps on popping up every game in the same space, right? Now, it's what is called technically the half space, without sounding like a a guy who's trying to... pretend he knows more than he does. It's, you know, that space... It's a channel in between the 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 the, um, the natural area Seattle where yeah, yeah the natural fullback zone where the fullback would be bombing down and the centre of the pitch, but he constantly picks up that that ball there about forty five yards from goal, and he's got players to run at. He's got like six seven eight players to get through, and I'm just like you need to be in a position where you can affect your skills without having to go past five players. Yeah, uh, he's he's far too deep. Far too often.
1: Listen, Ryan Kent said one assist in the league this season for Rangers, which is nowhere near good enough. That That's the bottom line. Um, I agree with you. I think he's a terrific footballer. Uh, supremely talented, both feet. Has so much to offer. But isn't giving Rangers enough in the, the moments or the areas that matter uh, 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 just now and. It's been on my mind for a while. I think it was you know, watching them St Mirren, Ross County at home and you're thinking you know, a £7 million marquee signing was brought in to uh, you know, break down these teams, St Mirren and Ross County at home. I'm sorry, that's that's what Ryan Kent is there. That should be bread and butter you know, in terms of creating loads of chances in games like that and he's not doing it. I put it to Stephen Gerrard uh, myself, on Friday at the press conference, asked him whether Kent was giving them enough uh, and what his thoughts were on his current forum, and he leapt his defence. Um, no, I couldn't have defended him anymore. He believes uh, that, no, he, he says the coaching staff are happy with his numbers at the moment. Um, I think he's got six goals now in the league, which is what he got in the whole campaign last season. So I suppose, for that point of view, you could argue he's doing a bit better. Um, understand why Gerard is defending him. I totally get it. You no, know, he's the. You no, know, apart from Morelos, he's probably the star player. He's a guy that he's going to rely on heavily. Um,
0: he's a big game player as well. Yeah,
1: he is. And listen, that's the one I can say about him. Celtic Park. He's turned up. You no, know, all forum games last season at, at Ibrox. He turned up scored a great goal at Tynecastle recently, even though he should've should had another one. Um but I still think I agree with you. I don't think he's getting into the right areas. You think of the area where he picked the ball up in the old firm game at Ibrook's last season when he ran at Lustig, chops back and sets up Ryan Jack for the goal. Um my feeling with Kent is that even now when he is picking the ball up in those spaces that you're talking about I think he does well enough to get into dangerous areas, I think he's quick, I think he's good at running at people and dribbling and he gets past people, he feints really well which buys him a bit of space but it goes back to what I said before, he is guilty like a lot of guys in that team just now where the final ball and the final decision, the final pass isn't good enough. Ultimately, at some point, you need to say, where's the where's the quality in that final third? I think a lot of the time, Ryan Kent uh, just now still looks good on the eye when he picks the ball up in those spaces. He can still run it, guys. He can still get into good positions. But the final pass isn't there.
0: Is there an argument that the bigger factor in all of this is James Tavernier's absence? Because Rangers look very lopsided, when Borna Barisic is playing on one side and it's Matt Polster on the other. And Matt Polster is a better option in terms of attacking than, uh, Matt, than John Flanagan is. Yeah. But when it's Tavernier and Barisic, teams don't know which one to go to. In fact, they can't go to either, really, because they know that if they go to one, the other one is, is just as strong. And, and, I, and I think that the, the James Tavernier being missing has had a profound effect on the way Rangers play that perhaps people haven't noticed or haven't taken account of in the past because he's always fit. Yeah, listen, there's no doubt if you're an opposition manager and you know Tavernier's
1: missing that you can leave that side to a certain extent and take your chances over there where it's pollster and, and that's the thing, I think. Not only has Tavernier been out, but the guy who's been playing... No, that kind of inverted wide role uh, on the right, whether it be Aribo or Arfield or Ojo, none of them are playing well at the moment. So you can almost say, listen, if it's posted and Ojo or posted and Aribo, no, let's not concentrate too much that we need to stop the left hand side Barisic and Kent flying down. So you're right, you can concentrate on that more, um, <coughs> and I think that's been a big, a big problem for Rangers. But just, just come back to your point about comparing the numbers to Celtic, you're right about Forrest, but you can throw Ryan Christie into that as well. I mean, Ryan Christie, I think at the moment, some only 15 goals for the, for the season, and he's, he's actually missed quite a lot of games, either with injury or suspension or, or whatever. You know what
0: I'm going to say about Ryan Christie, though? He, he, where do you play Ryan Christie in Rangers set You could play him as a right 10, that's where he would play, yeah, yeah. ultimately. I mean, you, you could play him as a number eight, as, as
1: one of your three, but... I don't
0: see him pro- tracking back.
1: No, he would probably play wide in the right. And you have to say, Ryan Christie, at his best at the moment, looks a far better bet than, than Joe Aribo or Shea Ojo or Brandon Barker, whoever you, yeah. want, to, you want to throw in there. And that, that's a problem for Ray. would Say that after the Hearts game, too many
0: passengers, and I think he's been proved right. Hey. If I've got my logical, balanced head on with that, though, Scott, I do think it's difficult for someone like Ojo, who's not steeped in Scottish football, who is used to a much more open, expansive. Two, one team goes, the other team goes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, you, you know, Scottish football is, and playing for Rangers is highly specific, and we've seen like a European. I remember when I was a, a young lad. Basil Bolle came to Rangers and I was like, wow, this is one of the best defenders in the world arriving in Scotland. This will be, me being a Hibs fan, of course, this will be exciting <laughs> just watching him uh, strut his stuff. And Basil Bolle came to, uh, to Ibrox and really didn't didn't look great. No. He just couldn't cope with the, the frenetic activity that was going on around him in Scottish football. So if a player like that, a European champion, a Champions League winner on in international struggles... You can see why a young lad like Aribo, who's coming from a different environment in England, where where it, I know you would say, well, it's still Britain, but it is different up here. I think you can see why you might need a little bit of time to get used to. It. I think Joe Aribo's got more talent than Ryan Christie as a technical footballer, but Ryan Christie is a far more accomplished professional in terms of effectiveness over yeah. the course of a season at the moment. I think we we
1: Ojo. The problem with Ojo is that he doesn't look interested, Johnny. I think, Ojo. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Ojo's kind of decided this isn't isn't it for him. I mean, he, listen, he's a he's a. We spoke to him a couple of times, and he's a a good guy. Talks a great game, um, but in his performances, I mean, he's coming off the bench on Saturday, and you no, know, Rangers are looking for him to you no know, to do something. You're looking for guys to come off the bench. I said said that before no hungry no to go and do something doesn't look interested Um,
0: he looks a shadow of the player that arrived I know he was going up against the likes of St Joseph's and and teams like that but even in the friendlies against teams like um, I think it was Marseille played it's as if
1: he's decided like you it's as if he's looked at it and thought this game isn't for me this style isn't for me where it's packed defences and crowded on your back you need to produce stuff I think you're right I think he would far prefer you no know, open expansive football, and you're not going to get that. No, no home games for Rangers against you no know, your Ross Counties, St. Muns, even Aberdeen on Saturday. So, listen, I, I think Stephen Gerald will be wondering whether it's worth putting Shea Ojo or Brandon Barker, you no know, to name two, back out there again this season. I think he's going to look at different options. Obviously, Hadji and, and Camberys came in. Um, I don't think he can rely on them at all. Uh, I know Greg Stewart's coming back tomorrow night, or is due back tomorrow but night against. I think against he might Sibs. play from the way Gerard was th- talking. Yeah, I think there's every chance that he'll play a he'll play a big part in the game because yeah. it's it's not working. Um, and I think now, listen, we've been you no know, obviously huge supporters of Stephen Gerald since he took the job. We, we recognise the progress that he's made and how Rangers have come on. But believe me, if if it goes awry for Rangers in the next few weeks and um, they become no, too detached from Celtic in terms of actually challenging for the title, Gerard and he'll expect us himself, is going to come under real scrutiny. Um, they've got a tough game on Saturday to stay in the Scottish Cup. Away to Hamilton, obviously it's a game you, can, you should win. But 11 v 11, Hamilton-Celtic on Sunday... Hamilton proved really difficult to break down, well organised, compact. So Rangers will face the same thing on Saturday. Um, and if Rangers were to go trophyless again this season, major question marks are, are going to be asked to Stephen Gerrard. And he'll need to, no, he's no daft. He'll need to face up to that. He'll know that's coming. Um, and I think now you're hearing, you know, listen to fans, forums, and social media. Well, things like the system, you know, that four three three that we like, I think now, I think when you go four or five games and it's not working, you need to change something. I mean, look at Celtic, that period in December when Celtic lost the old Firm game, they looked ropey in another few games. Neil Lennon comes back off the winter break, decides to change the three at the back and go two up front. And I'm not saying Rangers should do that, but, but Lennon's come back. Recognised, there's a there's a few problems there. They're not quite as fluid as he as he wants them to be. He wants to a be bit, a bit more a threat with two up front. Changes it, and now Celtic are flying again. Rangers have been so rigid in this four three three system. Substitutes that come off the bench. It's like for like swaps. No, we're talking about the entire season, pretty much the entire time. Well, he did change against Aberdeen. It was like a, it was a
0: sort of strange hodgepodge. By but the end,
1: by the end, I mean he's thrown Camberry on up front, and it's just no get get balls into the
0: box. I ju- I just think. Uh, listen, I, I I agree with you. The the big question I have because I st- I would still because they know it so well and it's done so well in in big games, big European games at Celtic Park and places like that. The question I have, and this is from talking to Rangers fans, they've said to me, why do we need two holders in midfield when you're playing against Aberdeen who are pretty much going 10 men behind the ball? Why do you need two guys in there whose role is to protect? Yeah. Um, And I think there does need to be an adjustment by Steven Gerrard. Listen, we've got a formation here that works for the big European games, for the big games against in Scotland. But when we're going up against this really well-organised defence, I think something needs to be done in there to get one man further forward yeah. into the number 10 position. No, I th- Three 10s almost. has got to be tweaks to it, and that is small tweaks. You're right, but you're, even though
1: Rangers don't play with two sitters, if you're playing with Davis as a sitter, and then you've got Kamara or Jack, whose natural instinct is to sit behind the ball, right? That's fair enough. I agree with you. I think that is too defensive at times against uh, teams that come and, and sit in. But you can tweak it because now that you've got Hadji in, you could play Hadji in one of the positions where his natural instinct will always be to go forward and try and create and you know, try and break lines and stuff. So I think that's a small tweak. I think what you touched on earlier, you can tell Ryan Kent... Forget about coming inside now as a a number 10 or at least mix it up a bit and just see for 10 minutes. Just stay in the light, stay in the touchline. Draw the fullback across to the touchline, get them one and one and get to the byline and get cutbacks or crosses in or whatever. Just change it up slightly because at the moment it's looking so repetitive and so samey where no, the same problems are coming up again and again with the same players in the same positions that can't break down there's the defence. There's know. a
0: reason Derek McInnes comes to Ibrox every time with the same plan. Yeah, right. It failed him earlier in the season yeah. and they were smashed and I watched the game <laughs> live, was that that game? The, the, it failed them, but there is a reason he persists with it despite that failure. Yeah. It's because I think percentage wise, it works out for him. And I think we see that with his recent record in Glasgow. I think it's something like... Another thing I'd say, Johnny, and this
1: goes back to my point right at the start about first-half urgency and aggression and hunger, right? The best way to... or My view is the best way to beat these teams is to do it early. I think you have to come out of the traps flying. I think you need to take them by surprise. I think you need to almost shock them, and go hell for leather at the start of a game. Because if you can get the early goal and get in front early, it changes the whole landscape of the of the game. It makes the opposition team come out, makes them change system or change style. It gives you the lead and something that you can then protect. I think if you start sluggishly, which Rangers have been so guilty of doing, um, not just this season, last season at times as well, but you look at these recent games, you know, these home games, uh, and obviously the Hearts away game as well, so sl- sloppy, so sluggish, so slow. The longer it goes at 0-0, the more Aber- a team like Aberdeen can come into the game. Uh, you know, they can sit even deeper. Um, the crowd start getting the Rangers back, it becomes more difficult for Rangers players to play. That's why I think, I can't emphasise enough, the starting games with an urgency and we are hunger and we a desire to go and stamp your authority in a game and get in front and put the opposition under real pressure. When you're going for a title with 15, 16 games to go, whatever it is, absolutely crucial. And Rangers, for some reason... And to me, it's unfathomable given what's at stake this season. Just aren't doing that.
0: Are you concerned now that the title is essentially over? I know I look at it and I just think that although it's technically seven points, you've got that game in hand, but I think the psychological advantage that Celtic game gain from just knowing we've got a cushion there. Yeah. It's 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 an enormous
1: advantage. I think it's very tough now for Rangers, I must admit. I think it's dangerous to, and Stephen Gerrard did it for the first time post match on Saturday, maybe subconsciously, and it he, he was factually right to say that there's still six points to play for in the old firm game. So it's almost like until the gap gets bigger than six points, we've still got a chance because there's two old firm games to go. It's a dangerous game to get in when you're when you're relying on no, we'll go and win the last two old firm games of the season. I mean Celtic have proven Already this season, they can come to Ibrox and win. No, They can come and get a draw. Things might not go for you. I think it's going to be very... The way Rangers are playing just now, it's going to be very tough for them. And I would go as far as saying that you're looking at Celtic's fixtures, and I know they've still got you know, your Aberdeens and Hearts and that to play, but Motherwell away, despite Motherwell's result on Saturday, Motherwell away will be a really difficult test for Celtic Wednesday night. Rangers will get a test as well at eh, home to Hibbs but I think psychologically like you say Rangers need Celtic to drop something quick just to put that bit of doubt in their minds just to give them a wee give Rangers a wee jolt and it could come at Motherwell I think if Celtic get away from if they can come away from Motherwell we a win and keep that momentum going I think it's going to be extremely extremely difficult for Rangers I, th- I think Celtic need to drop something on Wednesday night, Rangers need to beat Habs, and it just gets them back in it.
0: This has long been the problem with the Rangers, of course, is that you're looking at these games against teams that they should win, and you just think, well, that looks like a tough game. Yeah. But it looks like a tough game. But for Celtic, when they have the corresponding fixture, they tend to romp it. Yeah. So, just as an example, I looked at my my phone yeah, on Sunday. I was doing stuff with the wife, and I noticed that Celtic were one 0 down, and I just thought, well. <laughs> they'll they'll, come, they'll back. come back, yeah. And and it, the game ticked on, and I was still looking at it, and I just thought to myself, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Celtic will go on to win this game at least three-one, yeah. Because they just have the firepower, and you saw with that substitution, triple substitution that Lennon made when he brought on, I think Ryan Christie and Rogic and Hayes, Rogic and Hayes. I mean, that just tells you the firepower he's got available there,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, and all these guys are proven Premier League player, Premiership uh, players. Yeah. Um, who can come on and have done it in the past and will do it again? Yeah. And I think that's the problem. If you're at Rangers and you're bringing on Joe Rebo, who's in his first season, yeah. it's just not, it's not quite the same. Yeah. But, well, let's look ahead now to the the Hibs game. It's obviously going to be a, a massive encounter with loads of pressure because we know that if Rangers drop points, unless Celtic match them and drop in dropping those points, it's going to be extraordinarily difficult. It's not over yeah. until the fat lady sings, until the points. So, are on the board to say it's over, but it would be pretty much, in most people's minds, the title would be done if if they were to drop points in that game. Hibs seem to be reasonably in good shape at the moment. They've had a couple of good signings uh, in the January window, and you get a sense that they are a club who are slowly but surely coming around to Jack Ross's methods and getting back on track after a spell that was quite difficult for them. How do you think they'll approach this game because... Ross set them up to go after Rangers and they really suffered for it at yeah. Easter Road. That plays into Stephen Gerrard's hands. Do you see Jack Ross doing a, a Derek McInnes and going with a low block and trying to hit on the counter-attack with, with the pace of someone like Martin Boyle?
1: I was going to say possibly. I mean, <laughs> Jack Ross is a clever guy. No, you'd like to think he would have learnt from mistakes. I don't think there's any doubt. The system that he went with Easter Road last time it was a mistake. He left the wide areas wide open for Rangers to exploit with, with Tavernier and Barisic. I think Tavernier will be back uh, tomorrow night. So, I mean, it might take him a wee bit of time to get up to speed right enough. But after a wee, a wee layoff, but you think Rangers will go the same again, <laughs> despite everything we're saying. I mean, there might be uh, some tweaks in there, but it will be the same system again. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see what Jack Ross does. I mean, he obviously likes the two up front, with the Diamond and Midfield, but you might need to change that to try and get people in those... You uh, might need to change that to get people in those wide areas. Um, I think Boyle's a threat, no, a real threat, if Rangers are pushing and Hibs look to hitting the break. Um, I've got a feeling he'll play... I know Mark McNulty's just signed... And will be an important player for them. Uh, fit, I don't know what his fitness is at the moment. Uh, I don't think he's had a lot of football, so whether he's ready to start right away, I'd expect him to go with Doige up front and Boyle just off him.
0: Um, and tell Boyle just to run about in the channels. Basically,
1: yeah. basically try and exploit uh, Goldson and Catech down the down the sides. Try and help out in the middle of the park whenever he can.
0: That's but, going to be a worry. That is going to be a worry because yeah. Martin Boyle uh, has shown in the past. He can step up in the big games and he is absolutely lightning. Yeah, Um, Maybe George Emerson would be a good shot for this game because he's a bit quicker.
1: banging for him as well, Boyle, in terms of his finishing and and his goals. So I think the the question, I don't think they'll go with the diamond because of the reasons that we spoke about. So it depends whether he'll go just kind of 4-4-1-1 with Boyle just off. and it'll It'll be a kind of compact midfield four, but at least have guys to cover the wide areas. Or he might go away three at the back, uh, and go can kind a of three five two Be Boyle playing off dodge to try and you no know, Rangers having three in the middle of the park to try and try and combat that. So listen, it's, it's a hard game for Rangers again. It seems like you're saying the same thing every time. Um it's going to be really difficult. The pressure has been cranked up again. I think Gerard will make changes. As I say, I would bring Edmondson in. I think Haji will start Tavernier will start, um, and there might even be a place for Greg Stewart because it's got to the point now where Gerard has to try things. No, he said it himself to get that spark again. And no, when he gets it, it, it might be stumbling across a team or a, a certain shape or whatever that that just gets them, gets them going again and gets them playing the way they were before the, the break. But he has
0: to, he has to try something. We've not actually been on the podcast since the transfer window, so maybe we should discuss the two signings that came in uh, yeah. after we recorded the last uh, Record Rangers. For, for, you mentioned Hadji there. What did you make of him in the brief appearance that you had? I thought he looked really sharp on the ball. When he had the ball at his feet, you could tell he's a player with close control and quality yeah. on the ball. But he is quite slight, and the, the worry in Scottish football is that he's going to get smashed yeah. and not get the required I th- protection. I think,
1: I think he looks like a guy who will win free kicks for you in dangerous areas, which is good. Um,
0: Especially when he can convert them. the way Yeah, exactly. You've seen.
1: Yeah. Um, the thing I liked about him, Johnny, it's just a small thing, but right away, you know, you're dealing with a, a talented boy. As I mean, he came on, 13 minutes to go. You no know, high pressure environment, fifty thousand fans on your back. I mean, he came on and instantly demanded the ball, which is you know, that's a great sign for a manager, a coach. You no, know, to throw a player on and see that for a young guy, 21. In his first game, you know, for him to demand the ball, that was the first thing. And secondly, just plays with his head up constantly. Um, and you know, good players always play with their, their head up. You know, to me, the kind of classic example is a guy like Barry Ferguson who came in very young and immediately he just knew because he just played with his head up, so confident in possession. Um, so Hadji looks as if he's got that confidence in his own ability. Uh, didn't look as if it was phased him. I thought even in the f- the fifteen minutes that he got, you no, know, he got on the ball, he tried to try to make things happen, which is good. Um you no, know, he probably did more than, than Ojo did and he get probably double the amount of time in the in the pitch. So that's why I expect him to start. I mean we spoke to him after the game on Saturday. He clearly feels he's fit enough and ready to come straight into the team and play. English, no worries with him. His English is terrific. English, no problem. Uh, he sat obviously and watched the majority of the game for the bench on Saturday, and he said he loved it. You no, know, he loved the atmosphere. He loved the experience. He says it didn't surprise him in terms of the intensity of Scottish football. He said he'd watched a few games before. He was, he was ready for it. He knows what to expect. So, I think, you no, know, it's getting to a critical point now for Steven Gerrard and Rangers. He's got to, I think he's got to throw them into the, the starting lineup.
0: And have you got a spread lined up with his old da?
1: Um, I haven't. I think a few guys have tried to get him. I've seen a couple of wee snippets of quotes. Um I think he's a manager at his old his yeah. old team, he? So
0: What a player he was, eh?
1: Incredible. i I mean I, I was made to feel really old again on Friday at the press conference when we spoke to Borna Barisic and his uh, Barisic basically said he was too young to remember Georgia Hadge. <laughs> I was like Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so listen, he's he's a talented young player who could play a you no know, kind of pivotal role for Rangers between now and the end of the season. But he's going to he's not to put too much pressure on him. He's going to need to do it pretty quickly.
0: Okay, let's go into Canberra now. Listen, we've this has been quite football detailed. So so you'll forgive us, listeners to to play about in the, the rough and tumble and the murk <coughs> of Scottish football with uh, a wee discussion on his comments to Rangers TV and the uh, subsequent Hibs fan reaction. It's quite strange to see a player so openly delighted yeah. to make a loan move when he's got a year left in his contract. Obviously, it's understandable because he's moving to a bigger club. But at the same time, can you see a situation where he could ever actually go back to Hibs now?
1: No, I don't. But listen... <laughs> That doesn't surprise me, Johnny, because I think it's been clear. Florian Camberi's been kind of you no know, eager to get out of Hibs for for some time now. He's not really looked the same player uh, that first arrived there on loan and then on a permanent. Uh, under Neil Lennon, ironically, when he looked really hungry, you know, looked a cracking looked as if he could do everything. Target man, running him behind, you no know, good touch, uh, good finisher. Um, Since it all kind of went sour for him, uh, which coincided with Neil Lennon obviously leaving Hibbs as well, he's never quite got back to that. I think this season, to be fair to him with Hibbs, whenever I've seen him under uh, Jack Ross, I mean, it didn't happen under bottom at all for him, but under Jack Ross he looked as if he was actually getting back uh, to run a good forum again, beside, beside dodge up front. But listen, as soon as he would have heard Rangers were interested, uh, it's no surprise that that he jumped at it. And listen, he's totally—it would appear that he's totally burnt his, bridge, burnt his bridges at, at Easter Road. But it, it doesn't surprise me because, in a way, whether Rangers take up any kind of option to go and sign him in the summer, even if they don't, it almost gives Camberry uh, an exit plan for for Hibs because he'll basically say. It's difficult for me to go back there. I've got a year left in my contract, but you're gonna to need to listen to the offers for me because it's gonna be so hard for me to, to go back. So Hibs fans are quite rightly kinda uh, angry about it, but for the players kinda selfish point of view, I could probably see why why he did it because he clearly clearly wants out of there whether it's whether it's the Ibrooks or somewhere else.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those ones, isn't it? That you just if you, if it's your club, you're not happy. If, it, if yeah. it's not, then you you probably think it's quite funny. Um, do you think he's got the quality to make an impact? Um, big question. I mean, I think in terms
1: of what Rangers were looking for between now and the end of the season, uh, in terms of a short term fix uh, with the four injured, I think it's a good signing because there's no, uh, he doesn't need a settling in period, he can adapt to Scottish football right away, he knows what to expect, nothing's going to come as a, as a surprise to him, and I think he also gives Rangers something that they've not really had, that if you want to be a bit more direct and, and go along, you no, know, you think of the, you think of the Hearts game recently that Rangers lost, he can talk all day about systems, tactics, and we don't need a no, you don't need a target man and you don't launch balls into box. I defy anybody to say with twenty minutes to go at Tinker so you weren't just needing something to hit in the box because you're looking up and it's Jermaine Defoe in there on his own. It was not just impossible for Rangers in that moment. So I think Camberry he's good enough uh, in terms of his link up play that you can play the way Rangers want to play. But if you want to change it and you want to hit him early, I think he can do that as well. So in terms of a short-term fix, in terms of him coming straight in, he's fit, he's ready, he's been playing for Hibs. On deadline day, it was just about as good as you're going to get.
0: Okay, Scott, we're going to call it a day there. Um, thanks to, to everyone for listening. If you want to continue the debate, you can contact me on Twitter at Johnny R. McFarlane. You can contact Scott at Scott McDermott 8 If you were so inclined, we would really like it if you went onto iTunes and gave us a five-star review as this helps us get to as many listeners as possible. Until next time, thanks for listening.